Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode 260. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but we do touch upon the other franchises involved in the sport as well. Uh, I've seen quite a lot of people getting in contact with our social media, asking us questions about... uh, What are you smiling at? (laughs) What are you smiling at? What? What? What are you smiling at? Listen, in life, son, yeah. we choose directions. You're going to sometimes start, those why directions. Why are you starting the show talking about girls? And sometimes those directions don't. And my girl just happened to smoke your girl. Are we going there straight away, or no, do you want to ease in? No, what I wanted to do is answer the question of people talking to us about eleven sports and the TV. Oh, right, okay. And, and people getting upset and worried about when they're going to be able to consume their UFC is what I was going to start the show with. Okay. Start there. Yeah? Yeah. Go on. Don't be smug. Don't be smug on here, right? <laughs> Just because my bird took a beating. <laughs> I did well. Anyway, we'll come to that. We'll come to the fact that, you know, mm. people listen to this show. I've got Christmas money thanks to my predictions last week. Mm. We won't, we won't, uh, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Just about. They might not have put it on after a week before, mate. Oh, no, yeah. Fucking hell. Anyway, go on. So, UFC in the UK. We are speaking now to the UK audience, of which is a majority slice of fight disciples out there. Um, if you consume your UFC content via BT Sport right now, you must be aware that come January, January the 19th, the fight night show between uh, Henry Cejudo, TJ Dillashaw mm. from the Barclays Centre in New York will be the first time. That's only three events away. It's, sorry, it's two events away uh, after... Kevin uh, Lee Iquinter this weekend, Jones yep. Gustafsson on New Year's Eve, yep. which is going to be amazing. January the 19th will be your first taste of UFC on 11 sports. We will have a full next week's show, will be a full announcement on how that shit is going to break down. Because I know everyone right now is going, Do I need to go and buy 11 sports? Do I need to go and get a membership? Do we need to pay me £5 a month? Just Chill your boots right now. Next week's show, prior to Christmas, I'll give, we'll be giving you the inside scoop, all the information. Now, I know I've seen people saying about, I've seen one MMA journalist going, yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to sign up for it, but half the shows are going to be free on Facebook. And listen, listen, until it comes from the Fight Disciples, it ain't shit. That ain't, that ain't shit. Don't listen to none of that nonsense. On next week's show, when we tell you that it's on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on next week's show, this is where it's going to be. I'm going to give you the full breakdown. We will give you the full breakdown on UFC, the 11 deal, how it's going to work, how you're going to consume it, and Merry Christmas. So come back here next week for the full breakdown of UFC moving to 11. Super exciting. Don't forget what I told you at the very beginning when we broke this story in the summer. The UFC are not losing, leaving BT Sport for a smaller audience don't forget that they're going to 11 because 11 has got a big will have 
in some way, shape or form, news to come, a bigger audience. Full news on that next week. Go on, I'll let you get it. We'll do the girls first, get it out of the way so then I can talk about enjoyable stuff in the, in the world of mixed martial arts. What, you didn't enjoy it? Hmm? For me... How, how can I enjoy being sat in my living room watching my girl get the shit kicked out of her? Let me take you back. No, to... don't take me back. Let me take you back to last Thursday night when I'm sitting at home. Mrs. Kids are well gone. Mrs. Kids, wife's gone to bed now as well. Sitting there watching a bit of TV. Whatever I've got on, doesn't matter because I've got my phone in front of me and I'm watching the open workouts and I'm watching the Shevchenko twins go through this like weird capoeira fucking Peruvian kickboxing dance routine and I'm like, life doesn't get much better than this. You're weird. Life You're doesn't weird, get man. much better than this. The old yin and yang going mm. at it. And to be honest, that was an indicator of what was to become a very special weekend in the world of UFC. Now, if you listen to our boxing show, you're fully aware that my favourite boxer, well, everyone's favourite boxer on the planet, Vasyl Lomachenko, fought on Saturday as well. I actually watched Vasyl Lomachenko live. Can you believe? That's how fucking good he is. I miss Shevchenko Jadrzejczyk live because I watched Lomachenko live. But boy, did I go straight back to my girl beating up your girl. Yeah, well, it was expected afterwards. though, wasn't it? It was expected. Not by you. You were fucking on here last week giving it to Billy Big Bollocks. Well, saying your girl was going to do this, your girl was going to do that. And I'm like, what, on, I, son. What, what I say and what I believe on this show are two totally, to- totally different things. <laughs> oh, you were just playing up to the narrative, were Listen, you? Listen, right? I had to play up to the narrative. I put my eggs in one basket, Anna, and I had to stay in that basket. Yep. If I'd have jumped shit, you'd have called me a shit house. Yeah, I'm jumping ship now. <laughs> Absolutely. Shevchenko is going to be flyweight champion for a very long time. Get used to it. Your girl's got to go back down, I think. She was just too, she's not big enough. Far too small. She's not big enough. And the, the thing is, she's had her ass kicked at strawweight now, convincingly. And she's had her ass Only kicked. Only off one girl. Calm down. She's had her ass kicked off one girl. Rose, We've all... Twice. We've all got that, though, haven't we? Yeah. We've all got that kryptonite. Of course. And that's a kryptonite at 115. And you know what? I think, for me, though, and I've said this before, I don't think Rose Namajunas is the long-term future of the strawweight division. I just think she's got a style that beats Joanna. Yeah. And I think Rose, I'd be surprised if she ends 2019 with the belt because there's girls out there who have beaten her before and will beat her moving forward. I think Joanna needs to go back down and just fucking and just wait it out for that belt to change hands and be ready to go, okay, I deserve my shot now. The great thing about Joanna is she's polarising, she's a poster girl, the UFC lover, she's a superstar in Poland. She will get opportunities mm. because of her level of fandom within the sport. But I just think this proved, well, for one, Shevchenko ain't going fucking nowhere now. She will be flyweight champ as long as Demetrius Johnson was flyweight champ in the men's ranks. Can't see anyone touching her right now. I think Joanna go back down to strawweight makes absolute sense, and you know it was a tough, it was a tough fight for the one. Mm. Tough fight. Uh, stop being that spin and back kick. Yeah, right. Spin and back kick. Right, I, right in the. Do you know how much I would plexus. pay to have to be spin and back kicked by Valentina Shevchenko? I'd pay good money for that. You, I'd pay good money you're proper weird, for man. her to spinning back kick me in the in the stomach. You're weird. I almost said somewhere else. Then that'd mm. be a bit titillation. Too bit too much titillation. <laughs> Pin him down and kick him in the balls exactly. with high heels on. That's oh. what he wants, isn't it? Spinning back kick off here. Your sister weird waiting in the wings with the cheese grace hair to come flying in. Arr! Yes. Anyway, woo! did you see that poster that Orange Ape did for us last week? Sure did. Yeah, absolutely. How terrifying? How how remarkably similar are me and Joanna? I know. <laughs> 
I had to double take as I was like, I don't, know if, it's, had, yeah. I don't know if it's the hook nose or whatever, but... All right, you cheeky cunt. <laughs> it was like everything about it was perfect. I'm like, Orange Ape has just destroyed this. This is absolutely sensational. Orange Ape uh, does a lot of... He photoshops fight posters and various things like that. And every time we talk about something on the show, he comes up with a new creation. Brilliant. Last week, of course, it was the, uh, the Fight Disciples showdown between Shevchenko and Johanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore he put my face on Johanna... Your face on Shevchenko, which is fucking weird. weird I was into there. it, to be honest. To be fair, she didn't look any different with that beard that she's got. <laughs> but then, if you actually look at Some my... shadow. Yeah, if you look at my face on Johanna... It was, it was uh, unreal. It was unreal. He's, he's found an absolute peach of a picture that I reckon yeah. he's doctored that a little bit in order to make it fit beautiful. It was absolutely perfect. It literally didn't look like a Photoshop, which is the biggest compliment you can give to a Photoshop, <laughs> obviously. It looked absolutely it's not the biggest, not the fucking biggest compliment you can give to me, though, mate, that I'm looking like a Polish uh, female mixed yeah. martial artist. Yeah, but if you had a sister, that would be it. That's exactly what she would look like. Do you like. have a sister? Does she look like that? <laughs> <laughs> feel all horrible now. I'm throwing up in my mouth. <laughs> oh man yeah so good work Orange Ape superb work mate and uh, well done Valentina she was tremendous absolutely bullied Johanna yeah uh, for the whole duration of the fight as I said on last week's show free money baby mm. free money now were you when, speaking of free money were you a little bit surprised that going into the main event on the Saturday evening or early hours of Sunday morning if you're watching it in the UK that the champion Max uh, Holloway was the betting underdog. I tweeted it. I fucking tweeted it. Crazy. On the ring walks going, are you shitting me? In fact, no, I retweeted that weird, have you seen that weird clip of someone in someone's living room? Just some pissed up hard case and, he's, and he puts his hand behind his back and goes to me, you will not, you will not put me down. So his mate oh, just write oh, up some yeah, full yeah, blow yeah, yeah, yeah. just fucking completely backfolds over the yeah. coffee table. Well, I'd put that out going, me, after I've just discovered Max Holloway is the underdog. The fucking underdog. Yeah. Are you shitting me? Well, hang on. The best fighter on the planet, pound well, for pound well, today. Well, Underdog. It's justified. It's a justified situation because of the year that he's had. Yeah. You know? Give fight's it. falling off, missing weight. Undefeated finisher. Weight? Well, you know what I mean? Facing he's... an undefeated finisher yeah, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. illness and all that type of stuff. Where is he? Fucking hell. He was bang right at it, weren't he? Unbelievable. The thing is, believable. If you're not a mixed martial arts fan and you only dip over here for a little bit of a crack wheels after a bit of boxing conversation that you've just listened to, go and watch the fight. Go and have a little bit of a watch because you will end up falling in love with it. It's a tremendous stand-up, brilliant, brilliant brawl. And what I will say is that even though uh, Max Holloway puts on one of the performances of the year, there's no question about that. Brian Ortega, one, you're a tough bastard, a proper tough bastard. And two, he's in the fight all the way, bar the fourth round. The fourth round, he gets absolutely marmalised. There's no question about that. But his third round's his best round. The third round? I think he wins it. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Third round's his best round. Mm. So then for Max Holloway... To come back out and say, I'm finishing finishing it in this round. He said to Joe Rogan, this round, I'm finishing it in this round. He just lost the third round. I'm finishing it in this round. To say that to Rogan, you're like, fucking hell. That is unreal. Because mm. even Paul Felder was like, is this guy for real? And Rogan was like, he did that against Aldo. Against Aldo, he said, I'm going to finish it this round. And he did finish it this round. I thought he was absolutely sensational. Now, a lot of people are kind of going, wait a minute, if Ortega's got all these submissions, why the fuck after these losing rounds didn't Ortega just take him down? Well, he tried. That's the whole point. You can't take Max down. And if you do take him down, he bounces back up again like a jackrabbit. Yeah, like, he tried on a couple of occasions, and Brian was on his back, welcoming it into his uh, into his hold, into his guard. Yeah. yeah, and Max just went, "Fuck that, get up." Yeah, that's what made the fight so intriguing. Because, and for me, being a uh, a lover of pure striking, 
it was just awesome to watch. For yeah. 20 minutes, it was just like, this is fucking outstanding. Don't forget, Ortega's, Ortega's known for taking people's heads off. He mm. can bang. And he caught Max, especially in that third round, with some big shots. Mm-hmm. And there were, shot, sometimes, there were shots coming forward as well. Like Early on, Max was always moving backwards. His foot, as they were talking, his footwork's impeccable. His timing is brilliant. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he can obviously bang and bang hard. But it's his, it's his takedown defence. When he's on the floor, he can fight on the floor as mm. well. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant performance and I'm kicking myself watching it going, yeah, I fucking, I should have been screaming this even louder saying, obviously people who listen to the show will will know, can justify for the last year I've been going, Max Holloway's the best fight in the UFC. Mm. He's the best fight on the planet. Him and Bobby Knuckles is what you've Him and Bobby Knuckles are the two best fighters technically in the UFC. They've got it all. They can fucking do everything. Now, I know people are going, oh yeah, but DC won a belted heavyweight. Sound. His achievements are great. There's other guys out there who may have done different things and great achievements. The other arguments, of course, is fucking how good's Conor McGregor then? Yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor beat Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not knocking down other people's... What I'm saying is, pound for pound in a fight, Max Holloway and Bobby Knuckles are the two best fighters in the UFC. And I think on Saturday's performance, Max Holloway proved he is the number one fighter in mixed martial arts, pound for pound, because that was supposed to be a 50-50 fight. Or, looking at the bookies... A 40-60 fight in favour of the challenger. Mm. And he just wiped the floor with them odds. Made it look a joke. He's absolutely brilliant. And I, honestly, the guy is fucking mustard. But then again. So at ringside now, you've got Joe Rogan. And we obviously, we love Joe to bits. Who doesn't? But then he's coming up more of his outlandish shit where he's like, the greatest featherweight of all time. Hang on a minute. Aldo held the belt for like 25 years, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can't say that because... He was like, yeah, but he's, he beat Aldo. Yeah, but Conor already fucking stole Aldo's soul by that point. Mm. Aldo wasn't, wasn't the same fighter after Conor. Conor destroyed him in 13 seconds. You've got to look at the fact that Conor beat Max. And be honest, he beat Max with one leg. He tore his knee ligaments in the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat Max Holloway with one leg. So fucking how good is Conor as a featherweight? Mm. He hasn't fought a featherweight since because he's fucking been on his own legacy journey. Conor has beaten the two greatest featherweights of all time. Exactly. So then how good is Conor? So that, that, there's a whole other conversation. Had Conor stayed a featherweight, would Conor McGregor still be champion now? Would he still be? The, would he now be, us be gone? But instead, Conor didn't do that. Conor went chasing legacy and chasing billions of dollars. Mm. So... I think it's tough to call Max Holloway the greatest featherweight of all time. I think that's bullshit. But I maintain he is the greatest fighter in mixed martial arts today. Today. He's fucking mustard. Who does he fight now? Well, this is it now. Because Ortega was hands down the best challenger yeah, available at featherweight. Mm. So, and so, TJ Dillashaw isn't coming up. He's going fucking down to fight yeah. Henry Sejudo flyweight. So where are they all? So where's the boy? Th- there's no challengers out there now. He's kind of the undisputed featherweight champion. So the the push now for him to go up to 155 yeah. is obviously going to be massive. But then let's do a rematch with Connor at 155. I think that's the only fight that makes sense because I'll be honest, he's the best fighter in the world, pound for pound. But that doesn't mean I think he believes. I don't. I don't mean he can go and win the welterweight belt tomorrow. That's not what pound-for-pound pound champion is. And I think going up to 155 puts him at a £10 disadvantage compared yeah. to Khabib and certainly to Tony Ferguson. So regardless of how good his, his output is, Max Holloway, to give away natural size and strength. to get because Remember, he did he offered to step up, didn't he, until absolutely. he got Ill, Ill yeah, yeah, yeah. to fight Khabib. Yeah, so, he wanted to fight Khabib. So the, the will is there for him to be and able he to will. do it. I, I truly believe he will. 
but I just don't want it to tarnish him as being the best fighter right now. No, I don't think it will do because what if um, you go up and get beat by Khabib? Yeah. People go, well, Khabib must be better then. No, I don't think that would happen because think about our rhetoric over the last year regarding DJ. Right, Demetrius Johnson refused to go up. He yeah. refused to it. What we're saying right now is that Max Holloway is the best featherweight on the planet. There isn't really a challenge there for him now. He's mopped them all up. He's done it all. I mean, even in his post-fight um, chat with Joe, he's on the mic straight away and he's saying, who next? Who is there? Yeah. There is nobody else. So if he dares to be great and he goes, right, fuck it, I've mopped up here, the fans will be right on side with him. They'll go, right, okay, the kid's going up to 155 now and he's going to go and take on some of these other champs. The likes of Khabib, the likes of Tony Ferguson, maybe even that rematch with Conor. If he's daring That's to be great, makes sense. yeah. If he's daring to be great and doing those types of things, the fans are on board. Yeah, okay. They might turn around. I think a lot of mixed martial arts fans will turn around if he does get beat in those fights and say, "Well, he is quite a slight guy." I mean, if you look at him, even against Ortega, who's the fighting at 145 pounds, he's still a slight guy, isn't he? He's not like stacked. No. He's in decent nick. There's nothing on him. So it'll be interesting to see what another £10 on him will look like and how it will affect him when it comes to fight time. Connor's massive. Connor's fought at 170, you know? So if he gets in there with Connor and he is beaten, I don't think people are going to go crazy about it. No. Saying that, oh, yeah, he's not as good as we thought. Because he is as good as we thought. It's just now, where does he go and get he's a fight? Fight, He's fighting at a disadvantage. Yeah, where does he go and get a scrap? To try and affirm that legacy, yeah. He's fucking incredible. You know, and uh, he's, he's certainly the best, certainly the best Hawaiian since BJ Penn. He's got a lot of that BJ Penn spirit about him as well. He just, for me, he sums up that part of the world, that fucking Hawaiian, unbelievable cardio, incredible chin, brave as fuck, fight anybody. He's like Maui. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a Maui <laughs> from Moana. I see what's happening here. <laughs> it's fucking actually my brain, that man. Every morning. Oh. Maui. No, 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 no. Moana. <laughs> yeah, we've been there. Mm. Done that. He, he was brilliant. Yeah. And you can't fucking say enough nice things about him because it was just that good a performance. And as you say, Ortega deserves all the credit in the world. It, in the end, it was a doctor that pulled him out. Thank God the doctor pulled him out because that eye injury was so Too brave bad. for his own good. He was going back in, man. For his own good. He was going back in for that last Too round. Too brave, but he was getting hurt in that fourth round. Mm. Like, Holloway's output in that fourth round. Kind of like Lomachenko. In the 11th round against Pedraza, you're like, where does this fucking output come from? And it was like he had, in hindsight, it's like Holloway took his foot off the gas in the third. And then he goes to Rogan and shit. Right, Started the fourth, right, this is it, I'm going to put it on him. I've rope adopted him. Wow, and you're like, fuck mm. me, that's ballsy. Absolutely ballsy. But he's got that, Holloway's got that air about him now, and he, of, as a great champion, mm. the way he carries himself. He has, he's got his baby son, a fucking cage With side, for Christ's sake. yeah, yeah. Little mini blessed. He was sitting there like just fucking staying. To have that kind of confidence, to have your son there, to be like, come watch dad go to work. Come watch dad do this. Come watch dad define this legacy. Mate, he's the number one. Don't care what you say. No one comes close to him right now. Mm. Unbelievable. Got a feel for Jimmy Manawa. <sighs> Poor Jimmy, man. Mate. The Catterall case. It is the Catterall case. Obviously, you sit down for an interview with me one-on-one and you end up getting starched. The thing is... It was brilliant. What? <laughs> getting knocked out wasn't brilliant, but the fight was amazing, wasn't it? Fucking unbelievable. The six, seven minutes that we got in that fight was absolutely outstanding. Round of the year, maybe? The first round? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, we in thir- five, what were it, 10, 20 seconds, Jimmy's on his yeah. bum, and then... Uh, at the end of the round, I'm thinking Jimmy's going to knock uh, Thiago out. It was absolutely outrageous. Yeah. And it was mad out, wasn't <clears throat> it? It's exactly what we said, though, isn't I it? We said that it's going to be a gun show, and whoever lands first goes. I was like, that's got to be fight of the night. 
And then obviously we got Holloway versus Ortega, which was fucking brilliant mm. as well. But I'd be devastated if I was Jimmy Manuel for not getting a performance bonus after that because it's exactly what fans want. It's a fucking gun show. It's just like a let's go. Let's just throw heavy leather. Every shot for seven <sighs> minutes was a power shot. Crazy. I'm going to try and take your head off. Fucking absolutely bonkers. Mm. But they're the fights that Jimmy used to win. Jimmy used to be the power guy. He used to be the guy with the whiskers that could get that job done. He built his entire career on it. Unfortunately, now that's three on the spin. That's Jimmy. That Jimmy's lost. That's the concerning thing for me. Yeah. You know, it's like these are great fights for the fans, but Jimmy's faded away from a title shot than he has been in the last three years now. And the problem is... Whereas Thiago's leapfrog now, absolutely. he's right in that mix, isn't he's he? Right and it's, and it's kind of a better narrative as well because he's not connected to the other champs or the exactly. other guys that are going in there. So he's willing to fight he, against the likes of Alex. He'll fight he'll fight Latifi, he'll fight any fucker in this light heavyweight division. So it's wide open for him where Jimmy's a bit like... And Jimmy, when you looked at it as well, Thiago and Jimmy side by side, they were very similar. Yeah, I anticipated uh, Jimmy to be miles bigger than him because he's Me traditionally too. a middleweight, but no he, no, he seems to be fiddling into light heavy quite nicely. Exactly, yeah. Santos looked every inch of light heavy, so that's got to be concerning. I d- the problem is, I, I don't think there's any way... Jimmy now looks like he needs a, a move himself to, to reinvent himself. Hmm. The problem is, we've both sat with Jimmy, been, both been in this company. He's fucking massive. Hmm. He's got ar- he's got arms like fucking a Maui warrior himself. Do you know what I mean? He can't do 185. He can't do middleweight. No. And that's the problem with the UFC. Unlike boxing or whatever, where it's six or seven pound weight difference. You know, to go from... Middleweight to light heavyweight. You're talking fifteen pounds over a stone. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just can't be done. In fact, it's twenty pounds. Sorry, it's twenty five and two oh five, isn't it? Mm. So it's twenty pounds. So there's no way he's getting twenty pounds off. There's just no way. So it's a tough situation that Jimmy's in right now. Uh, hopefully, he comes back. I'd love to see him fight at UFC London. Uh, oh. He usually gets on UFC London cards, but you know, I think after a performance like that and a fight like that, there's there's no issue. He's not going to get cut on anything mental. Three losses, though, mate. Three losses. And, you know, whoever whoever his next opponent is thinks, Mark, man, I fancy it. Especially in London. You know, been knocked out twice. Two of his last three fights, he's been knocked out. I know, man, he needs a win and he needs a win desperately. Hmm. Anybody else catch your eye in uh, Toronto? Yeah, I thought Gunny was fucking great. Gunny Nelson, absolutely brilliant. We were bigging him up on last week's show saying, come on, we need to see Gunny 2.0. And fuck me, we got to Gunny 2.0. He looked big, Shredded. he looked strong. Took some decent shots from Oliveira in the first round, but then was patient, got back into it. And then when he got on top and started dropping them slashing elbows, I was like, damn, heavy duty elbows, them mm. heavy duty. And I think Oliveira would have quit there and then. Because if you watch the replay, he drops that heavy elbow, obviously fucking splits his head right open, the claret's going everywhere. And then as he get as he climbs onto Oliveira's back, I think Oliveira's already halfway to tapping because I think he realises, I'm fucked here. Gunny's an elite level black belt on me back. So I know the choke's coming. But before he even cinches in the choke, Oliveira's already starting to tap. Do you know what I mean? And when he rolled him over, when the blood's just literally, I was, I was tweeting it going, fucking, it's like someone's pouring a bottle of red wine out. It was just gushing out of his head. Mm. It was ugly. It was horrific. But where does that now put Gunny? Because he's been one of those guys for the yeah. last year, especially. We've been chatting, thinking we don't know where he's going. We don't know what the, the direction is. But as you mentioned on last week's show, new strength and conditioning coach. Looks like he's got a new focus. Great performance at the weekend. It's weird, this sport, man, isn't it? You put one performance in like that or two back-to-back, you're right in again. Yeah. Yeah, I think Oliveira was... I think they're both ranked 
back end of the top 15 at yeah, welterweight. But, you know, so it's certainly not done, done, done Gunny any harm. But Gunny needs like a... I don't want to think of a good... You know, a good fight for Gunny, if he's fresh enough, would potentially, for him anyway, would be Rocky Edwards at London. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A bit, or even a Darren Till in London. You know, fucking... They originally spoke about that, didn't they? There was talk of that originally, yeah. And I think after a performance like that, it kind of justifies it now to go, go on then, yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's have a big European fight. Gunny Nelson versus Darren Till for London. I think that would be a belter for both of them. Um, and that's... Gunny needs something like that to try and get back, right back up there again. Because mm. as I say, I don't think the win over Oliveira does much in terms of his rankings. But after 18 months out or whatever it's been for Gunny, you feel like he's back now. Back with a bit of a statement as well. You know what I mean? A stoppage, a heavy stoppage. Fucking look good. Looked evil, looked fired up. Um, and I know he did the whole camp in Iceland as well, rather than SGB in, in Ireland. So maybe that's the new thing for him. Maybe that's where he's happiest, at home with his family close by. Obviously, John was still in the corner anyway. Mm. So this could well be the second coming of Gunnar Nelson, but I think uh, I think his next opponent is vital. It's got to be someone above him in the rankings. Mm. Um, I noticed that your mate, by the way, has uh, announced the fight. Who's my mate? Well, you've got many mates in this, haven't you? Obviously, you, you, your proper mate is Damian Meyer. He's your proper mate, isn't he? Proper mates. But you're, uh, you know, you've done bits with uh, Mr. Cruz in the, uh, in the, in your previous life as the Fighters yep. Only magazine editor. Good lad, Dom. Uh, Dom Cruz back. Seven hundred and seventy-five days it will be outside of the octagon. Dominic Cruz is back, and he's taking on um, the small task of John Lineker. I know, fucking hell. Fuck me, yeah. But then he's got to mix in that class because he is world class. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Don't forget, fucking. I know he's been in and out so much because of these repeated injuries that he that he keeps suffering from. And then I genuinely thought he was packing it in, you know, because yeah, of all his TV that a work few times. and all his. Uh, I mean, he's great as a pundit. I mean, he's he's great to listen to. Yeah. I genuinely thought he was packing it in. So when I saw the announcement last week that he was getting back in the octagon, I was like. Mm. But yeah. I'm ex- I'm still excited by it because he's, he's elite level. Well, don't forget, he was, what, three years out of the ring with the first injury. Then he came back and had one fight uh, against Mizugaki. Then he was ruled out again for another two years. Walks straight back into a title shot and beats up Dillashaw. Defends it against Faber. And you're thinking, like, fucking hell. He's, he's back, back on top despite mm. two big injury setbacks. Mm, mm. And then, obviously, loses the belt in an absolute belter with, uh, with, with Cody Garbrandt. Then he gets injured again. He's now been out for almost fucking see, two years. Well, two years now again. You see, Cody proper mugged him off. Yeah, yeah. So I thought at that he point... He cruised, cruised. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that's where I was thinking, all right, now, now, now it's time. Yeah. But, as we've just said, another two years later, he's back, he's back in. He's back again, And yeah. he's in against a geezer that can seriously whack. So if he's, if he's slow or if he's off or he's rusty, yeah. could be painful, this, mate. It's a good fight for Lineker, though, as well. You know, it's Lineker's been Lineker. fucking around for a long time and Lineker needs that. This is a, like a final eliminator for me. This jumps you right back up to 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 see what Dillashaw's going to do. Is Dillashaw going to, you know, fight to Hudo and then come back up to Bantamweight? Is he going to hang? You think so? You would thought so because he's like, <clears> I'm going to end this flyweight division. Um, so you would have thought he's going to come back up and defend that belt. But then the opportunity's there. Then the narrative's there for Dominic Cruz to go, well, I fucking beat you once, took the belt off you once before, let's do it again. Because mm. he's beat Garbrandt twice now, so Garbrandt's kind of gone as an opponent in the short term for Dillashaw. So I think this is a final eliminator me to fight to fight Dillashaw when he comes back. And on that Dillashaw fight, it's been moved a week forward, hasn't it? I think so, yeah. Because it was originally, I think, on UFC 2, 
3-3. But uh, we've just been speaking at the start of the show regarding TV deals here in the UK. There's TV deals obviously being changed over in the States. They're going to ESPN now, aren't yeah. they, away from uh, their current deal. So Sajudo Dillashaw is going to be the first fight, the first headliner on the ESPN deal. I think it's the week before. It's still in January, but it's a week earlier. Which January might, the 19th, yeah. Which might... Will that... That'll be the first 11. Yeah, but will it be a problem for Dillashaw? Because don't forget, he's cutting, he's coming right down in weight. He's dropping, yeah, he's dropping down. Point. So, so will it be a problem for him? I don't know. Could good point. Could well be because, as you say, it's his first time down a flyweight. But he seems, you know, when when Demetrius was flyweight champ, he was adamant he was going to go down and fight him, and he doesn't seem too issued by it. It is only a week. Yeah, I know it is. You know, so they, they've mentioned it with a good four to five weeks to go. So no which, Christmas dinner, son. Fuck no, absolutely not. Uh, so there you go. There's uh, the two bits of news in and around those weight categories. The flyweights will eventually disappear. And uh, hopefully all these lads will get themselves back into uh, into that bantamweight uh, division where there's some serious I if, talent. I wonder if the end of the flyweight division, which arguing now, you know, it looks likely for January the 19th is going to be the end of it, or certainly mid-January. I wonder if that will spearhead potential for announcement of a new weight class to replace it with. So flyweight goes out, but 162.5, you know, comes in or something like that. Something between featherweight and lightweight, maybe something between lightweight and welterweight, or maybe that's when we might see a little bit of a change in the guards. Because as we know, we need more weight divisions, not less. Mm. But Especially higher up the food chain. Well, that's what I mean. Flyweight doesn't sell. So quite pure and simply, mm. you know, because the scenes as you don't come out and was like, you know, when I beat Dillashaw, then am I just going to have to fuck off to one as well because there's going to be no flyweight championship? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. I think you probably are, because Firebeats is going to get fucked off. Mm. Uh, fights this weekend. One of my favourites, Kevin Lee. Absolutely. He is a cool motherfucker. He looks the part, he fights the part, he talks the part, he is the business. And he's taking on one of my other favourite fighters, who also talks the part, looks the part, <laughs> and gives it the big one. It can't be anything but amazing. Al Yakin to stepped in last minute to fight Khabib and put in a great show. Don't get me wrong. He got ragdolled, but what a fantastic performance he put in at less than a week's notice, Al Yakinta. He's taking on Kevin Lee. These boys are brash. They talk the talk. They walk the walk. It's going to be an amazing knock, this, isn't it? It's going to be an absolute belter, yeah. Fucking absolutely. Um, Al Quinta got some of the best boxing in the lightweight division. Kevin Lee, for me, is probably one of the most all-rounded fighters in the, in how the lightweight much, division. How much has Lee come on since their first meeting? Because for those that don't know, these guys met, I think it was UFC 169. Yeah. yeah Al Yakinta won that fight. How much has Kevin Lee developed in that period of time? Well, I think since then, because that was Kevin Lee's UFC debut as mm. well. Um, and I think back then, Kevin Lee was based on the East Coast. I think he's from that way originally, from the East Coast or from, where is he from? Michigan. Um, and I think he was training out of there then. And then he got into the UFC and then shortly, I think it was four, a couple of fights into his UFC career, he made the decision then to move to Las Vegas mm. uh, and train him at Extreme <clears throat> Couture. And I think, I think since he's gone to Las Vegas, like everything, Iron Sharp and Zion, he's in around amazing sparring partners on the West Coast. Uh, he's got a different training setup, everything else. And I think he's really, truly starting to realise that potential of his. You know, his only real loss in the last couple of fights was against uh, Tony Ferguson, who I still think is the best in the division anyway. But he had a staff infection that night. And I'll tell you something, he still put in a hell of a performance, didn't he? Absolutely. It was a brilliant fight. Um, and that was for the interim belt as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a brilliant fight. So, a um, little bit of an issue, obviously, with his that you know he, he had a problem. Then he missed weight against Barbosa last yeah. time. I was thinking Kevin Lee's got to make sure he makes weight this time, just to take that talk away. But he's a completely different fighter than what he was against Ayer Quinta. Fucking 
four years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting a completely different performance. For me, Kevin Lee's just a better all-round mixed martial I was going to ask, how does he approach this, right? Because Kevin Lee, we've seen him... Pressure. Up, yeah, but... I think you made this point maybe about two, three months ago. With the, with the rise of Khabib and the way that he goes about fighting, Kevin Lee can do what Khabib does. Yes, he can. He yeah. can, you know, te- double double leg takedowns and ragdoll the shit out of you on the deck, elbows, ground and pound and all that type of stuff. Is this how he now should approach it? Because that's his air game, isn't it? That's what he does the very, very best. Don't get me wrong, he's good at other stuff, but that's what he's really good at. Yeah, exactly. It you might know, not necessarily of, be the most attractive thing, but yeah. just do it anyway. Well, he was a you know he was a top wrestler from un- at university level and everything else, and his, his ground game's locked in. You know, as I say, he can do everything, but eight submissions and ten finishes to suggest that Kevin Lee's game is on the ground. That's where his strength is. But his stand up is red hot now. As mm, I say, since mm. he's moved to Las Vegas, his stand up's gone brilliant. I Quinter for me still got some of the best boxing in the division. So I think if he stands off and and if he tries to play it out like Ortega played it out against. Um, Against Max Holloway at the weekend, I think he, he could be in trouble. But why why would he play to Iaquinta's strengths? No. He, he's not going to do Get that. Get him on his back quick. Exactly. He's going to close the distance. He's going to fight a high-tempo fight. So expect Kevin Lee to be pushing forward a lot, throwing bombs, loads of leg kicks. Take that base from under Iaquinta, and then his boxing's fucked. Mm. Kick that front leg. Wear him down, and then when you get close enough, use that wrestling game to take him to the ground and look for that submission. I think Kevin Lee will get a submission in this fight. I predict that he will, he will finish this fight and make a bit of a statement. But uh, it's a belted of a card in terms of lightweights as well. Mm. There's lightweights on this card from top to bottom. I think there's six, six fights or seven fights on this card featuring lightweights, some brilliant ones as well. So... The other one I'm massively intrigued about is the co-main, Barbosa against Oh, it's Dan massive. Hooker. That's an amazing it's fight. Fucking brilliant fight. Absolutely Edson brilliant. Edson Barbosa, obviously, <clears throat> he's, he's, he's been one of those guys that has just been, I don't know if treading water is the right word, but he's, he's been in, you think it right, one more win and you're in, and then yeah. he loses it. And then he like loses Michael it. Michael syndrome. Yeah, and then he wins it again, and you think, right, he's back in now, one more win, and then you're in for a title fight, and then he yeah. loses it. Yeah. And that's that's been the story of him for a period of time. He's an extremely talented lad. Looks the business when he fights, yeah. but he just can't get over the line, it seems. His striking game is absolutely unreal. Some of the best kicking, oh, fucking hell, as my mate Terry Etamone knows so well. Um, his striking arsenal, his tie boxing, kickboxing style, is some of the best in the entire UFC. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, as you say, it's, he's got Michael Bisping syndrome. Every time he gets one hurdle away from a title shot, he loses it. But then look at who he loses against. Yeah, they're all legit. Fucking cowboy, Michael Johnson, Tony Ferguson, Khabib and Kevin Lee. Like, they're all fucking legit uh, champions or top contenders or certainly they were at the time when he faced them. So, And whenever he loses against guys, it's always performance of the night, fight of the night, yeah. you know, fucking... But I think right now he's got a target on his back and I think Edson Barbosa... May well, and we said this about Bispin. His only chance now win the title is to do a Bispin, is to get someone pulls out a title fight and you're available, you step in Jump straight in, away yeah. because he ain't going to be able to put the kind of run together. And for me, Dan Hooker has looked absolutely fucking brilliant since he's come into the UFC. Looked absolutely brilliant. He had a bit of a win loss record when he first started, but you could see he had something there. Then we became aware of him when he starched Ross Pearson. Yeah. Then he fucking beat up Mark Chikese. Yeah. And then I think he's Jill, Jim Miller, Gilberto Burns. He's put a fucking proper run together. Whereas now, it, 
him and Adesanya are training partners in, out in New Zealand. Are they? Yeah, man. I didn't you, know that. you get the feeling like Dan Hooker and Adesanya are now in a little bit of a race to a fucking title shot in two different weight divisions. If you think they're training together every day, they're fucking pushing each other. Two of the hottest talents. It wouldn't surprise me if both these guys end up as contender. To be to do it, he's got to beat Barbosa this weekend, but judging on form so far, you've got to look at Dan Hooker getting a big finish here. The hangman. Yeah, man. Back in action this it's weekend. Uh, anything else standing out for you on there? They're the two that really jumped off the page to me. Yeah. Um, the other lightweights, to be honest, all the lightweights on here are interesting. Obviously, Jim Miller fights Charles Oliveira. That's in the opener to the main card as well. Jim Miller, after that big win over Alex White, mm. um, it, you know, we feel like he's going to be the... Um, He's going to have a little bit of a renaissance. Sergio um, Pettis is on this as well, isn't he? Sergio Pettis on the main card against Rob Font, moving up to bantamweight as well. Mm. Um, and then obviously, the uh, I like Bobby Green versus Drakkar closer. No other reason that. Bobby Green's fucking brilliant to watch, never in a dull fight. Um, bounced back in style last time out. He's finally put a, a win back on the record. And let's face it, Drakkar closer sounds like a fucking character out of Star Wars, so how can we not love him anyway? Well, he's he smashed Jacquesi, didn't he? Close uh, smashed up Jacasey and then he uh, had that brilliant fight with Lando Venata last That's time out it, as well. Yeah. The fucking battle of the giants. So um, interesting shit, man. Mm. Jared Gordon, uh, Joaquin Silver as well, another lightweight. It's just rich with lightweights, top lightweights on this card. So um, are you picking me three? Yeah, I'm going to pick you three. Go on then, son. Okay, I'm going to go with. Obviously, you've got to do the main event because people know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. So go with Kevin Lee. Okay, who is the favourite, by the way, yeah. in that fight? Kevin Lee to win on points. Jump, 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 jump the way it's going to well, go. Well, I'll just wins? go for a straightforward, but people can jump on board if they wish. Okay, I'm going to go with Kevin Lee. Yeah. Stoppage. Dan Hooker. Uh, sorry, Kevin Lee points. Yeah. Dan Hooker uh, via stoppage. Um, and then I'll go with... You're going uh, Dan Hooker over Barbosa? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to go with another lightweight. I'm going to go with Drakkar closer to beat Bobby Green as well. That'll be uh, That'll be a stoppage too. Okay. Give me three picks. Three three lightweights, three wins. Drakkar closer, Dan Hooker, and Kevin Lee. You're not going to get major odds on that, sadly. No. Because you picked all the favourites. Is Hooker the favourite, is he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you get three to one on that, on a, on a little treble, if you want to have a little bit of a do with it. Remember, our uh, betting sponsor, William Hill, our partner uh, on that, will not be beaten on in-round betting. So if you wanted to get a little bit more technical with your betting and go for the Al Yakin to Kevin Lee uh, fight and pick a, a particular round, you might get... Uh, six to one on a fourth round stoppage for Kevin Lee there. Nice. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Or do definitely. you reckon he'll do it a little bit earlier? I think Al Yakin's as tough as old boots. He'll I, go, if I, it's going to be a stoppage, it'll be later on. I think. I don't think he'll stop him. I think he'll. I think Iacuzzi's a points. tough bastard. So I think it'll be. Uh, okay. He'll survive a couple of submission attempts, but I think he'll survive and get and lose on points. Dan Hooker's the stoppage for me. Mm. Um, and a fun fight, potential fight of the night: Jessica Rose Clark yeah, versus Andrew Lee. Lee. That'll be a fucking fun little fight too. Mm. Um, Andrea Lee, the uh, favourite for that fight, by the way. Is she, yeah? Yes, yeah, she is. Wow, she's a relative novice, really. Mm. I mean, she's had many fights, 10 fights, something like that. You can get... I'm trying to run, though, I think. You can get about 2-1 to one on Jessica Rose Clark to win that fight. Wow. Decent odds. Yeah, man. There you go. Um, like I said, our uh, betting partner is William Hill. They will not be beaten uh, on in-round betting. Uh, now, next week, by the way, it's um, our final shows of the year as we uh, as we build up um, to the climax of this work because we're having a nice Christmas off I think aren't we you know what I mean obviously Christmas this year falls yep. on our release date as does New Year uh, so what we'll do we'll release obviously our boxing and UFC shows next week and we'll try our very best to get together to uh, create some type of best of the year some type of Christmas special for you so you can consume that as well next week as you finish for work everybody packs up on the Friday don't they put your feet up 
enjoy your Christmas, and then we'll come back in the new year reviewing the likes of the John Jones, Alex Gustafsson fight, and of course everything in the uh, world of boxing when it comes to Frampton and Warrington and Dillian White against Derek Chisora, all that Shit, type of stuff. Yeah, the twin, that's so we've got Jones, Gustafsson, yeah. Cyborg, Nunes. Big one. 29th, big Condon Chiesa, yeah. Latifi, Corey Anderson, Chad Mendes, Volkanovski. Mate, that's fun as fuck, that card. All right, calm down. Christmas is to come yet, son. BJ Penn versus Ryan Hall. Holy shit, that's going to be a fun fight. Dang. You happy? It's better than Christmas, though. That. There you go. Christmas, come early. If you've uh, only just come across us, please subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. You can get all our Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.